In this episode of Agency Unfiltered, we sit down with Jackie Hermes, owner and CEO of Excelity Marketing. Excelity is a Milwaukee-based B2B inbound marketing agency and a gold HubSpot partner. Jackie and I discuss the art of being picky. Agencies should be picky in their clients that they bring in, the services that they offer, and the hires that they make. In the true unfiltered spirit, Jackie pulls back the curtain and shares her lessons learned when Excelity wasn't as picky as they should have been. Being strategically picky will build a more efficient sales process, a more effective team, and drive better results for your clients. But don't take my word for it. Let's jump in. Jackie, um, obviously there's like all these like tips and tricks and hacks, right, for agencies to find growth and there's these like strategies and buzzwords and things, but I think what's really interesting from your perspective or from what, I'm, from what I've heard you talk about uh, is like agencies should be picky. Yeah. So explain what that means, like uh, picky in, in what way would you say? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing to be picky about is when you're bringing on new clients. Like, especially when you're first getting started, yeah. we did this a lot where all money seems like good money. You know, sure, it's yeah. like any project and anyone that'll pay us seems like it's money in the door. How can you say no, right? Right, yeah, right, right. Sure. And I think a lot of agencies kind of fall into that trap. And one, it hurts them because they just become like a, an agency that serves everyone. Mm. And then when you serve everyone, you really serve no one. And two, when you're not vetting for like mindset and making sure that they really trust you and that mm. they wanna work with you and they trust the process, um, it can hurt you internally. Actually, we've lost clients and employees over mm. not making the right choices bringing on clients. It's interesting. Yeah. So when you say like, okay, picky in regards to what your client's mindset, like how do you source that information? Like how do you find that info or like, and what questions do you ask to, to find that out so you can be picky? Yeah, I think really it's not as much in like grilling someone and asking them questions yeah. as it is going through and having a really set sales process, mm. going through that process and really feeling out and understanding. Every, looking back, every client that we brought on that hasn't been a super good fit, I knew. Mm. during the sales process. So it's like a gut feeling as well. You're like, I, the, a, the warning signs were there, would you say? Yeah, and it's, uh, I think a lot of agencies think that you're gonna be able to sell someone mm. after, you know, so maybe if you get them 50% of the way there and you believe they're bought into your process and then you can get them the other 50% after you bring them on, yeah. you know, and they'll start to trust you. But really, those that really wanna work with you and that are good fit clients should trust you from the beginning, you sure. know, because they've seen your work and they've talked to references and whatever process you put them through. So I think that shortening the sales process or cutting the sales process short mm -hmm. is such a mistake. And it's a mistake that I've made. Sure. You know, yeah. like if someone says yes early on in the sales process, I'm like, yes. Perfect. You know? Yeah, right. You know, new clients. But you have to get through that whole process and make sure the expectations are set. Sure. It's interesting you mentioned like, okay, if they can get like 50% of the way there and then like actually when we start delivering or going through kind of their relationship with us, we'll, we'll bring them to that 100% mark, let's say. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're like source, like trying to find the fit, is there like a hard line? Like, are there any non-negotiables or are there some things that you're like, okay with sacrificing as a means of like good fit? Does that question make sense? I think that it's all about attitude and mindset, which can mm. be really, I don't know, it seems a little woo-woo. Like my business coach started talking to me about this <laughs> and I was like, okay, how do I vet people for their mindset? Sure, yeah. Um, but if people don't have a really great attitude or they seem potentially aggressive, like people who try to really aggressively negotiate with me in the sales process, mm. 
to me, that is a clear indicator of what working with them is going to be like, and that's something that I've had to learn over time. Yeah. Um, so there's these like little kind of red flags and attitude, and just how you treat other people too. Sure. You know, like you go out for coffee, how they treat the person that's getting them coffee, or if you're getting lunch and how they treat the server. That is a huge indicator that maybe I would have ignored at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but. I would never do it again. Right. So, hey, are they just a cool person? Are they okay? Are they a nice yeah. person? And then that what? You're saying that that could um, impact just the relationship, obviously, that yeah. they're going to have with your team. And we and we bring people on that we want to be like friends with. And that sounds weird. And yeah. I think in business, a lot of people are like, eh, you mm -hmm. know, there's the line. But we actually, I would say, are friend, very friendly or friends with most of our clients. So if I'm an agency listening today, I'm like, oh, that all sounds great, right? But yeah. I'm still in that place where like, I am just going to say yes, or I'm going to take anybody that's willing to pay me for my services. So with that, paint uh, any sort of horror stories or like what are the negative impacts, like how bad can it get if you do just say yes to the wrong client? We brought on a client that wanted to white label and resell our services. <laughs> this was at the end of last year. And I said, no, the, the margin wasn't right, the fit wasn't right, and they were like, okay, well, can you help us with lead gen? And we were like, sure, like I think we can do that. We mm -hmm. signed them onto a year-long contract. Four months into the contract, we found out that they were basically like not taking our processes, but I think that they were learning from us so that they could launch their own arm hmm. of the business. And they were like, well, you know, we told you that we wanted to white Let's label Let's see how they services. do it and then we'll just go and do it. And I was it. like, yeah. okay, you know, I just, if they were clear up front on the intent of the relationship, mm. then we certainly wouldn't have signed them. But then we had to end the contract in a very painful way. And um, when it's local, like it was someone in Milwaukee, we have we have a lot of the same circles. We call Milwaukee small walkie. It's like a very, sure, yeah. it's a small community and the business circles are not you know like we all kind of hang out yeah. together so it was now it's it was like painful. this frictional relationship every time you see them and yeah yeah it's hard and we have a lot of mutual friends too so oh, really? that makes it even even, even more tougher yeah. yeah but we had another another client that was a website project which we actually don't do websites anymore okay um, just because they are constantly like going out of scope and right the, the client seems like they're not happy a lot of the time at the... Like, I find with website projects too, like they, they tend to focus on like the wrong things, right? Yeah. And you get a lot of time, energy, bandwidth trying to like tweak and update these things. In the long scene, like in the long run, it doesn't feel like they're going to be super impactful. But Yeah, and we, and we took on a project that was just a lot bigger than we had ever done before. And we were like, okay, I think we can do this. You know, it was a stretch for us and mm. it ended up being a really painful project. And really? I think at the end they were happy with the result, but we probably put twice the time that we quoted into it. Okay. You know, so, yeah, and so right. at that point, it, it looked like a great project. It's a thirty, forty thousand dollar website, but when we're putting enough time into it that we're making thirty dollars an hour, yeah, you know, right, it, just, doesn't, it right. doesn't make sense for us right. as an agency. So I found that every time I've taken on those clients that maybe weren't quite the right fit. We mm. end up not making as much money. Our margin isn't very good. The client isn't happy. Our team isn't happy. And every time it's like, well, that wasn't worth it. Yeah, right, you know? exactly. Yeah. So I guess my next question would be, okay, we're, we're talking, we're, like a prospect's going through our sales process. At some point we're like, actually, this isn't gonna be a good fit. Mm -hmm. um, how do you approach that conversation? Like how do you turn away a customer because you just don't think, uh, they're they're gonna mesh with with your team. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. This last year, I've been tracking all of our opportunities, 
and who said no to what meeting, like what stage in the sales process mm. and why, like whether it was them saying that they didn't want to move forward or it was us. And I found that we actually are saying no to a lot of second and third meetings that we don't think are a fit. And a lot of times what I've done is built a great database of resources. Like mm -hmm. if the client is just, I think they're great, but they don't, are not a fit for our services, then I'll just refer them to someone else. You know, like sure. here's a freelancer that has a better rate that I think is going to be a better fit for you. Or here's an agency that does really great design and branding work, which is something that we just don't really do. Hmm. So if you can have those like referrals in place that you can send them somewhere else. But the really hard ones are when you maybe don't think they're a good fit to work with anyone and you don't <laughs> want to send them on to anyone. Yeah, sure. Um, that actually so you don't want to sacrifice like your referral partnership, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to yeah, uh, yeah, hurt just, that relationship. Yeah, that just happened to me. Oh God, I don't even remember how I handled it. He, I met this guy who was basically saying that he, he was very proud that he'd gotten all of his resources to get his company off the ground without paying anyone. Hmm. And I was like, ooh, red flag, red flag. And I just told him that I didn't think it was a fit to work together and I wished him the best of luck. And if he wanted my advice or opinion hmm. on you know, a thing or two in the future, I'd be happy to help him, but I couldn't send him on to anyone. And it was a hard conversation. That's tough, yeah. It was a family front too. Really? Another layer of complexity. So much harder, yeah. I know. But you know what? I think that if I see him in a coffee shop, we'll be totally good now. Yeah. As long as you handle the conversation professionally, and that can be hard, right? And it can be scary yeah. to say no. And I think a lot of people think that if they say no, that it'll ruin the relationship mm. or it'll have a negative impact on them. But as long as it's done professionally, I think it's okay. Well, it's professionally, but it also sounds like there's like a positive spin to it too. You're like, hey, it's you don't frame it as like, we don't think you're gonna be a good fit. It's like, hey, no, those are just services or things that you need that I think somebody else might be better equipped. So the, right. the positive spin seems to, to ease the situation. Totally. Yeah. And then I think the other point you were making there too is that it sounds like kind of your qualification of good fit versus bad fit happens at the first call or like way early in the process. Yep. Um, that seems to have worked for you. Have you had anybody go all the way like 90% to the finish line and you had to turn away at that point? Yeah. Yep. That actually, it's, ha it's happened a few times. Um, and it's, it's, it sucks, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, but whenever you see the red flags, you have to stop the process. Sure. And I think especially me as the owner, it's easier for me to do this because I know you know, it stop. It starts and stops with me. Mm. So I can make the decision to not bring them on. I know what the financial impact will be. I know what we need to do to fill the revenue that we would have gotten. Mm. Where I think when you have a salesperson, it can be harder. Sure. And they need to be trained further on that. Yeah. Do you have any tips for training? Ooh. Or do you? Are you the only sales? Are you? We have an in, like an inside salesperson who oh, okay. does a lot of the like beginning qualification, and then my main job now is selling. Yeah, um, which, which I think is probably the, similar in a lot of the agency. Oh, yeah, our agency has what nine employees, so mm, yeah. I think that is like or agencies of our size, that's typically. And people like to be sold to by the owner of the sure, company. Of course, so yeah. if you can do it, then I think you should. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Going back to just this term picky, right? So obviously you wanna be picky on the clients you bring in. Uh, I think we were talking earlier too about like, and you were actually talking about like, this is actually a way to qualify who's gonna be a good fit, but oh yeah, no, those are services we don't actually offer. Mm -hmm. So I find some partners say, oh yeah, we don't offer that, but they're open to giving it a shot. So where do you draw the line of pickiness in regards to like what your service offerings are and what you deliver as an agency? We actually like, at the beginning of last year, packaged all of our services, published them and pricing on our website, that's and that's what we offer. Mm. Um, I, a lot of people warned me against doing that because mm. they were like, you know, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities or you might miss. Every company thinks that they need a 
really super custom package, but really what we've done is taken our processes and we completely customize all of the content and everything to the client, mm -hmm. but our processes are the same. Sure. And it helps us work with the smaller businesses too mm -hmm. um, and work within their budget. So we try not to go outside of that. Now, sometimes we have a client that's in a retainer with us and they're like, we have a trade show, you know, and we need help yeah. with this. And we're like, okay, if we're running a campaign for you, how can we make this multi-purpose and how sure. can we make it fit for your trade show? And maybe, you know, some of the emails are post-show follow-up. And so we kind of like tweak it a little bit, but if there are services, like we only work with B2B companies, um, B2B SaaS or service companies. Mm. We get a lot of B2C referrals and at that point, Again, it could be money for us, but we don't even know how to do that. You yeah, know? Like right. We're beating, We'd be doing a disservice, you know. We're doing a disservice to our team because we don't know how to do it, and we're doing a disservice to them because we can't. We don't know what kind of results we're going to get because yeah. we, you know, we don't really know. Well, what yeah, we're doing. right. Yeah. Exactly. But I, again, I see a lot of agencies that'll take any client, and it's B two B or B two C, and. Mm -hmm. It, for us, that's not a fit, and I would really caution against that. To your point, too, about communicating, like, all right, here's our packages, here's our pricing on our website, but there's still, like, that custom element. It's just our process is the same. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that you just explain that in your sales process, and it lands, especially with some of these smaller businesses. It definitely does. And those that are scared away by it are not a fit for us. Sure, right. And, and yeah. we've had we've had to learn that. Like, mm -hmm. right when we rolled out these packages and published our pricing, it was a scary time. Mm. Um, and sales were a little bit slower than they typically were because we weren't just custom quoting everything yeah um, so we had to like and especially I had to learn how to sell in this different like productized model mm. but I think it's made our team a lot more efficient we can handle more clients internally and we have a higher margin because we have everything running so well in the back sure. end communicate like putting pricing on your website or like packaging your services having it on there it's it's one of those things like it's it's like a split in the agency community like some do some don't right yeah. but I think to your point okay well our processes are super scalable it helps our profit margin so you're in the very much much in the camp of like, oh no, we've, we've seen the benefits. It's We're pro pricing on our website. We work with a lot of like a funded startup and we're helping them launch a company. And so they and their investors, mm -hmm. when you're working with investors, really like to see that you have such a great process and it's not this big, heady, creative thing. You know, like <laughs> yeah. we're working with them more to get money. Um, yeah. and generate those leads and help them get revenue in the door because when you are spending investor money, like that's what they really care about. Sure, yeah. I mean, would you say too that like just showing the structure like adds this layer of like legitimacy too to, to totally. what you're trying to do? Yeah. We take a lot of our processes and I'll show people those processes at the end of our sales process. Mm. So they're like our bottom of funnel content. Like, hey, you know. Here's how we do it. Yep. Yeah. We've, we've had these meetings. I think we're a good fit. Like we like each other. We want to work together. And here is like under the covers. Here's how we do it. And I think agencies can be scared to do that too mm. um, because they don't want to show like this, you know, the secret sauce. But sure, yeah. the odds that someone takes and replicates that are so low. Yeah, right. You know, I was gonna, so that's actually a pretty good segue. I'm always curious to hear like what the tech stack looks like for agencies. So if you have a pretty well-defined process, mm -hmm. um, would you be able to share like what, what tools, what platforms, like what do you use to, to have that all um, like processed out? Yeah, we use Trello actually, okay, which yeah. a lot of our clients, a lot of our clients adopt it and then use it within their company. And again, it's 
small like startups and so they're like oh cool like this is a free tool and we can use this for mm -hmm. product development and for other things um, we put all of our clients in Trello and we do all of our communication there so there's cool. really no like so they're added to the Trello and yeah, they can and then again it saves us time because they don't have to pick up the phone and call us and ask us the status of a project mm. we can just say it's right here go check in Trello you can see our entire conversation there um, we use slack we use HubSpot our tech stack we don't have a lot I've been seeing like a lot of presentations especially during partner day and yeah. they're like ah here's all of the different technology there's a ton right use. there's a ton yeah yeah um, we're in the process of figuring out a few things like mm. some better reporting and stuff like that sounds like it's working really well yeah totally. Um, going back to your pricing page because again it's one of those things that some people are all about it some people are like oh no we you know want to custom build not communicating that yeah do you have any data or like any reporting around like conversion uh, around your pricing page like you know the traffic to your pricing page like have you been able to attribute uh, net new leads or MQLs or SQLs, however you label your leads, like from the pricing page in particular? No, it's part of our lead scoring process, but I don't know that we've dug that far into it because gotcha. a lot of times- But at least the lead scoring surfaces folks that have seen the page to the top of your list, I yeah. can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. We haven't dug too far into the data because a lot of times people are coming into our sales process and I'm having that first conversation with them and then I'm sending them to that page and yeah. saying, you know, you asked about pricing. Here are the ranges of what we offer. You know, we can customize this for you a little bit, hmm. but just to make sure we're on the same page. And that saves a lot. I have a lot of clients that ask like, how do you vet for budget? You know, like you can get to the end of a however many hour sales process and then they say like, okay, we want to spend a thousand dollars a month. And you're like, well, that, you know, sorry, yeah, that's yeah. not a fit for us. I so, think there's a freelancer or something. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Right. But I don't want to get five hours into a sales process and hear that. Yeah. Um, so doing that up front and just sending them like in my first follow up email, hey, here's our pricing page. Is this a fit for you? Um, Again, it's qualifying as early as you can so you don't put all the time, effort, work into the, the whole process, get to the end and find out it's not a fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think like the, the last few questions I have for you, obviously we've talked about being picky and we've talked about the type of clients you want to bring on. We've talked a little bit about like services, how you communicate your pricing. Is there any other element of pickiness? Is that a pickiness? Pickiness. Pick I think that's yeah. a word. But like is there anything else agency should be picky about? Yeah, hiring. Hiring, sure. Right. I just published a post on LinkedIn about like one of my first hiring mistakes and got so much, like so many comments on it. I hired a freelancer mm -hmm. that was like a, a friend of a friend that I was like, okay, I can trust this person. She was supposed to turn around this big project for one of my first clients when I was consulting on my own and was calling and texting her all day the mm. day before. And then she called me at 11 PM. No, she emailed me and was like, I don't want this project anymore. I never started it. I don't really like this work. And I was like, oh my God. Okay, terrific. Great. Yeah, right. I stayed up all night, did the work myself, went to the client's office and like pitched it to them on zero hours of sleep and took a nap in my car. And they saw me sleeping in my car. It's a, it's a story. Really? So, yeah. yeah. Like, that's how dedicated I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all yeah. night for well, you, you know? Yeah. yeah. It speaks you know, to, yeah. They're, they're still working with us, which that's is great. great. Yeah. But it can be really easy to make those hiring mistakes, especially at the beginning, because you're like, I need a resource, you know? Right. So it's like, let's get someone in the door and get someone doing this work right away. Yeah. Um, because as an agency, it's really, it can be difficult to project when to hire, you know? Because yeah. if you hire too early, it costs money and the employee is bored. Right. If you hire yeah. too late, then it's like a rush to get someone in the door and right. you're maybe not making the right decision. Yeah, you sacrifice quality for like availability, I guess, right? We just need headcount versus like, let's right. actually kind of source these candidates, right? Yeah, so now we kind of have like a constant pipeline of mm. potential candidates going. And we hire locally because we want people in our office, which That's is right. makes it another challenge, you know? Sure, like, yeah. 
I've been talking to a lot of agency owners that are digital agencies. Yeah, big remote all, teams, yeah. Right, yeah, sure. you know, and then you have just a lot more talent to choose from versus Milwaukee is a decent-sized city, but, you know, we really have to look and vet candidates pretty, yeah. pretty closely. One big thing that we've learned in the hiring process is not to just take their references and call them. Hmm. We tell them who we want to talk to. So, Interesting. Yeah, it's it's, it's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. it's a cool process. Um, so once we get through and go through their whole work history, we say we want to talk to your boss from this company. Mm -hmm. Can you connect us with them? Like, what was their name again? Give us their contact yeah. information. We want to talk to this peer that you mentioned during the during the process. Can you give us their contact information? Hmm. So we're selecting who we talk to, and so you know, like when you're selling a new client yeah. and. You, of course, any company that you send them to talk to is going to give you rave reviews. Well, yeah, you wouldn't connect them otherwise, correct, right? Yeah, correct. For sure. And same thing for references, right? It's a slanted process yeah. where it's like, you know, here are my five biggest fans. Call them and they'll tell you how great I am. Right. But it really changes the process when you choose hmm. who who you're calling. More like your go-to interview questions or like pieces of information you're trying to pull from them mm -hmm. um, to source good fit, bad fit uh, as early as possible. So the first interview is you ask five questions about every job in their work history. Mm. In the second interview, you dig into like core competencies of the job. And so if the core competencies are being detail-oriented, we'll ask a series of questions around that. And sure. you, so it's a very set process that every candidate goes through every time. It's a lot more than I ever did. Like I think yeah. it's three or four interviews, um, but you know, it's necessary. It's worth it on the back end, right? Really if, you can, if you can extend an offer. I feel like too many agencies are just like on a whim, just like, hey, just talk to me about, you know, what you did at your life. Or like, they're not being very specific into like, this is our process. Here are the questions that we want, the answers we want. Yeah, we've actually just developed a test too, to like see how detail oriented. Cause it's very easy to say. You like know, an exam like, or like a kind of like a, like a practical exercise. It's type. a practical, so it's yeah. like, hey, here are the template boards that we use in Trello. Mm -hmm. And if we are selling, a game plan go set this up so here are the directions and here's the template board you know make a copy of it and set it up as if you're running a client because we want to see if they're actually getting all of the little details because it's very easy to roll into an interview and say I'm very detail-oriented yeah sure okay like, yeah, prove it yeah sure, right, right yeah. yeah what would you say is like the weirdest part of just agency life What's like the, I guess besides sleeping in your car and getting caught by clients. Ooh, yeah, I do a lot of work in my car actually. Yeah, really? Yeah, I don't know, I'm, I feel like I'm always- Like laptop work? I'm always on the go, yeah, and if I pull up to a meeting 15 minutes early, then I'll pull up my laptop and like working all over the place. Awesome. You have to be really, really flexible as an agency owner and just working in an agency in general. You know, yeah. it's not a, working in a small business too, it was not a normal job. Like yeah. we have, what well, one of our team members just celebrated his birthday and we got him four hats and it was like marketing, sales, IT, HR. Nice. And he literally puts the hat on for the yeah. role because he does a lot of those different roles because we all wear a million different hats. Yeah, so I right. would say that's the craziest part. And you have to find people that are willing to just jump in and do whatever it takes sure. to make the agency successful. And we're there now and I'm super happy. The whole team is at Inbound right now. Awesome. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks and for then, uh, of course, yeah, we'll catch you again next time. Awesome. Thanks. That wraps up another episode of Agency Unfiltered. If you like what you watched, make sure to subscribe to our Agency Unfiltered newsletter, which will remind you when the next episode drops, as well as send you a ton of other helpful, strategically curated agency content. You could also subscribe to our channel on YouTube or podcast on SoundCloud. And if you want to keep the conversation going, tweet me 
at Kevin underscore Dunn. Remember, keep it unfiltered, stay weird. I'm Kevin Dunn, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>